0: It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live.
1: Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you didn't. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the
2: Giants mobile app. We'll punch you in the nose for 60 minutes with a relentless competitive attitude. Part of the Giants
1: Podcast Network. Let's go out
3: there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Thursday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com. And the Giants mobile app, John Schmelk and Jeff Feagles goes with you. The phone number is 201-939-4513, hashtag Giants Chat. I realize I put Jeff Schmelk and Meadow on Twitter. Uh, I was wrong. I moved Meadow to Tuesday this week off of Thursday, so it's just Jeff and I. So I imagine the phone calls will start streaming in now that I've informed everyone of that fact. Jeff, how are you? Good afternoon. How's it going? <laughs> Hello,
1: Johnny Schmelk. Good. Doing well. Happy, uh, what is today? Thursday. So we're, uh. You and I are usually on Friday, but it's like it's okay. We'll do Thursday. That's fine. <laughs> that is fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're still carrying. We're still going to discuss the same stuff. So yes, that's fine. we got a we got the Rams coming to town. Well, so. b- before we do Rams, Jeff, let me update
3: mm-hmm. the injury or stuff from practice first, yeah. just so people are kind of know what's going on. Daniel Jones is at practice today in a non-contact jersey. He continues on the process of returning from his concussion. And he's improving. And unless there's a setback, it would appear he should be good to go for Sunday. Obviously, with, with concussions, Jeff, as you know, one day it can be great. The next day, not so good. Yeah. So they continue to test him. He'll continue through the league protocol. But I think Wednesday and Thursday Today's have step been as positive as possible given the situation. So I think um, I think Giant fans should be pretty excited that he sh- you know, at least right now, it looks like he should be good to go on Sunday.
1: Yeah, and I've been asked I've been asked this question a lot from friends and people around um, the last couple of days, and I, my my answer is I don't know, but I, what I do know is that same exact situation happened to Teddy Bridgewater a week ago. He got concussed, he went through the protocol, and he played last week. So it can happen. Um, and by the way, just so everybody understands, um, the way that the league works today, there's those five you know five levels, and this practice today for. For Daniel, is level four. Then there'll be another step five, and then he'll be cleared if he gets to that. In no shape or way or form are they going to let Daniel Jones go out there if he's not ready to play. It's, it just doesn't happen anymore. Back in the day, yes, that happened. <laughs> With me, yes. I got hit by Jeremiah Trotter. I had a concussion. I could not remember anything about anything, but there was no concussion uh, protocol then. I thought I was good. I, they said, how many fingers? I gave him up four. They said four. But boom, bam. And so they're not going to put him on the field because I've been reading a lot about people like, well, is it is it a fair for him to be on the field? Do you think he's safe? They're not putting him on the field, John, until he's safe. The so whole re- understands that.
3: Yes. The whole reason the protocol is in place, Chef, and I'm yeah. happy you brought this up, is that determines if he's safe to play. That's That's why right. the protocol is in place. So if he passes the protocol, he's good to go. It's not like if you wait longer, anything's any different. It, that's why the protocol is in place. So if he that's passes right. the protocol – He's good to go, and initial symptoms and reaction to the initial hit does not indicate the severity of the concussion. So even yeah. though he was kind of bumbling and stumbling around. It's, it's, it doesn't matter. That What matters is how he tests the next few days in terms of how that concussion has affected
1: him. And you so, want to know something? You and I are different. Daniel Jones and someone else are different. It, everybody reacts differently to head injuries and concussions yeah. like this because it, some are worse than others. Look at Sterling Shepard. He he missed a lot of time with that head, with that uh, concussion, um, and so you know it just it just depends. I mean, you and I could get smacked upside the head by Meadow, okay, and we both would get, be concussed. But yeah. you and I would be different, you well, know. Who knows? M-
3: Meadow would have to use some type of large heavy weapon, I think, to concuss. Well, I'm us, afraid you know?
1: of that because that's probably the only way he would be able to hit us and, and damage us, reach our heads for that matter. That's right. <laughs> sandbags, <laughs> where are they?
3: <laughs> <laughs> the sandbags.
1: Oh man. Uh-huh.
3: Uh, otherwise, <laughs> we injury... haven't seen those in a while. <laughs> no, we have not. I mean, Lance hasn't been in this building in like two years. It's been...
1: Nobody's been in that building except for you guys. Uh, yeah, You've fine. been here
3: once or twice, maybe? I know, but I mean, I not don't even same. count that. I know, I know, I know. Anyway. I wish. Um, other injury issues to keep uh, keep an eye on here. No sign of Saquon or Kenny Galladay at practice today. I would be... Blown away if either one of those guys are available on Sunday. We'll see. I could be wrong. Maybe, and so are the Rams. Maybe they pop their head out tomorrow. They look great and they play. But, I, you know, I think it's yeah. unlikely at this point. Sterling Shepard was very confident yesterday when he spoke to the media that he's going to be able to play this week. So that's good. We'll see about Jabril Peppers and Darius Slayton. They're coming back from hamstring injuries. Uh, Joe Judge said today they had progressed, uh, progressed last week, and they hope they can continue to this week. I think they feel somewhat confident about those two guys. Matt Scora was on the practice field today after missing yesterday. Andrew Thomas was back on the practice field today after missing yesterday. They're gonna work. So those are the major guys, Jeff, to keep an eye on. No sign that Kadarius Toney might miss this week. That's another one. Uh, it's a long list, but I think I got I think I got everybody. Am I missing somebody?
1: No, but a couple things. A couple of housekeeping things. I'll give you some insight. Um, for all those scoring home, Thursday. Today's Thursday, right?
3: Yes. I remember Thursday. That is the third time you've asked if today was Thursday. I just want to make sure.
1: (laughs) Because it feels like a Friday for some reason. Because you and I are normally on Friday. And it feels like a Friday for some reason at home today. I don't know why. But the fact is, now here's my point. And you're going to chuckle at this. Are you sure you
3: weren't concussed earlier?
1: No, no, I'm not concussed. You're okay? Okay. No, I'm good. (laughs) Thursdays were always FedEx days. You know what happens on FedEx Thursdays? Fines come out on Thursday. So, KT. Being the rookie doesn't understand what Thursday FedEx days are yet. And so I think there may be some sort of a little letter on his stool in front of his locker probably today, which is not going to be good. Welcome to the NFL. It kind of teaches you a lesson that you cannot throw punches in a game. And when you do, you will be handed some sort of monetary disciplinarian uh, envelope, if you will. I don't know if that makes sense, but you know what I'm getting at. So, yeah. I think everyone understands he punched somebody and you're going to get fined for that. I mean, it's not like a mystery. And I never understood that. I understand what happened there, John. It's just kind of a, you know, it just happens. Heat of the moment. Guy throws a punch. You know, you'll learn from it. The one thing I never understood, John, was when people came in and saw the FedEx envelope on their stool and it was for a sock violation or it was for a uniform violation because Uniform violations, as you know, Joe Morris is the Giants uniform cop. And in pregame, he goes around and tells everybody, hey, you need to pull up your socks. It's a perfect guy to do that job, by the way, Joe, because, you know, he doesn't put up with anything. And basically, Joe's like, oh, they talk back to me. I don't care. It's just going to cost them money. I tell them, pull up the socks. Well, the guys don't pull up the socks, then you get fined for it. And it's a lot of money. Like, gee whiz. So anyways, I kind of went off topic there, (laughs) but it's kind of fun, you know, so people know about that. Yep. Thursday, FedEx Day. FedEx Day. I didn't realize Thursday was FedEx Day either. Mm-hmm. So you, yeah, you learn yeah. something
3: new every day. Go
1: poke your head if you're if you're able to walk through the locker room. And, and I, I made this point kids.
3: yesterday with the, uh, I'm not allowed in that locker room yet, Jeff. Oh, really? Tearing. Okay. Yep. No, I am not. I What's have not set foot in that locker room in two years. So, yeah. um, just very briefly, Joe Judge, and if you weren't listening to the show yesterday, basically said that any in-house, um ramifications for Kadarius Tony's punch will be kept in-house. Oh, sure. So we're not going to know until Sunday if that cost him playing time, a start, a quarter, a half, a game, whatever. We're not going to know that until Sunday. So everyone just yeah. wait and see. But needless to say, I am I know Joe Judge well. Uh, there was more than just a conversation between he and Kadarius about what happened after that game. Of course.
1: So, yeah. Hey, listen, you were at the game last week. So I remember um, there were some reports – from uh, a couple reporters that were at the game saying that how um, Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton were going through a whole workout before the game. So that's pretty promising. The most likely they're probably going to play this week. That's good for the offense. Shepard, I
3: think, is probably a little bit further along as my gotcha.
1: Bet. Yeah, and each one of them is different. But listen, if Daniel Jones can play, that's a huge, huge bonus for the Giants because you know that Um, he gives you every opportunity to win games with him being in there and, and, you know, that continuity with the offense and getting Andrew Thomas back would be a a big, big help. Um, I think some of the voyage there is going to be obviously the big playability at the running back position. And we've got to look at that, you know, um, that's what Booker's here for. So he's going to jump into a, a bigger role there. And, um, but I think, you know, as far as the offense goes and if Daniel's back and, um, you know, hey, listen, that's 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 good, and those are, those wide receivers. I mean, Kadarius Tony's a guy that now everybody's going to be wanting to see him get the football every play, you know? Which, so. by
3: the way, I want to point out, Jeff, I went back, I looked at all his catches. Mm-hmm. This is not a situation where he's, you know, running a very traditional route tree, and he's killing guys out of breaks, and he's oh, running no. super nuanced routes. And by the way, that's fine. This is not a criticism. And Jason Garrett actually spoke about today how good tony has been at at um, perfecting his route running. He's very coachable. He's, you know, absorbing all the details and and things of that nature. So it's important to note that he's getting better at it. But they did a great job of, A, you know, getting him on some simple go routes. Uh, They ran him one on that little fake cross, and they brought him back the other way when it looked like Glennon was rolling out right and Diggs was overplaying that, and then Tony broke back the other direction. Uh, but they're the one kind of heave deep ball on the contested catch from Jones to Tony that happened in the f- end of the first quarter, I believe. So there are going to be situations where you can get him the ball and get him the ball in space, especially against zone, which is mostly what the Rams play. So I think there'll be a lot of opportunities, but I, I think it's important that there are specific ways you still have to use him. Based on how he's progressed as a wide receiver, and go back and listen to the Giants Auto podcast I did with him last Friday. It was the first interview on our game preview of Giants Dows. If you just want to listen to the Tony interview, it's the first interview in the podcast. I actually just tweeted it out earlier today. Go check it out um, if if you haven't read it, if you haven't listened to it yet. But he, you know, I was actually really impressed by how smart you know he is and how deeply he thinks about these things and and just this whole approach. I was actually very impressed by the young man as to you know his approach to the game. So I do yeah. encourage people to look at that, but I do think just in terms of how he was getting open and types of passes he was catching Jeff, I thought they were fairly specific in the way that they used them.
1: Yeah. And I think we all knew that's kind of the way he, things were going to be drawn up for him. He was going to have a set of his own plays, um, and probably those plays that he has drawn up for him, nobody else runs those types of routes. Um, so getting the ball in, to him in space is, is something important because that's where he makes his hay. I mean, you can't tackle the guy. I mean, he's just so shifty. We saw the the one the one played last week that opened my eyes was that third down, um, first down. It was third and I don't know twelve or fifteen, and he got eighteen yards on it or something. Um, or maybe is that the week before one of the plays before it was a week before that was the week before the week on before. the little wide receiver screen that right? yeah that to me I kind of like opened my eyes a little bit like okay so this is what I'm going to look forward to seeing and then he does what he did last week um, against the Cowboys which is very exciting so um, a little different story as far as who will be covering him maybe this week and the defense is much better the Rams are a better defense by far than the Cowboys um, offensively, the Rams are probably this, you know, they're pretty good. But for Kadarius, he's just going to have to be smart. And and here's the thing about it 2 John, that I think a lot of people, they have these, um, I guess they get these, they they read about him when, you remember when he's kind of going through the, the COVID stuff, and then when he kind of was, you know, he had a little spat with the media, and you kind of, you know, you get a bad taste in your mouth a little bit about some people, and then it sticks with you until something changes, right? But it's not right to characterize him as kind of a bad guy because you don't know him that well. And so, yeah, every guy has his little ups and downs and this and that. What I throw caution to the wind with Kadarius is the, his success early. You know, he is young. Um, I feel like he's you know got a little bit of growing up to do in a sense that he's just young and in this league being young. And I don't mean he's immature by, by nature um, outside of football. I just think that the game, he's very good at what he does. And I think that that type of success sometimes can get a little bit crazy with younger guys, so they have to learn to control it. And hopefully that's what Jason Garrett and Tyke Tolbert, the the receiver coach, and Kenny Galladay and some of those veterans and Sterling Shepherd will help him with.
3: Yeah, no question about it. All right, Jeff, very quickly here before we get to the calls, we got a full bank of them. I want to get to them here early. Rams game this weekend, look, I would put this on the same caliber as the game at Dallas. This is a very, very difficult game Mm -hmm. to go out there and win. They're a very good football team. I think they're probably a little bit better offensively this year than they are defensively. You know, They'll run that outside zone. They're not running nearly as much play action and bootleg off of that as they have in the past. But Matthew Stafford is just, quite frankly, awesome. He can Mm -hmm. do anything you want a quarterback to do. Last couple weeks, maybe not quite as sharp, but he's got – three good wide receivers in Cooper Cup who's kind of their star out of the slot they'll put Woods in the slot as well he's a really good run blocker a good wide receiver Van Jefferson's their good third receiver you know the running backs are kind of nondescript but their scheme is strong it's not that complicated you know their offensive line protects well they love running those kind of deep overs all the way across the field that turn to big plays you have your favorite guy Deshaun Jackson in this game as their fourth <laughs> wide receiver for the Rams good keep him on the bench He's their deep threat, and you promise, you know they're going to take at least one shot at him over the course of the game, Jeff, sure. so it's coming. Mm-hmm. And then I just think it, it's a really tough, tough thing for this Giants defense because much like Dallas last week, I don't, I don't think there's a, there's a real area here you can attack. Uh, you know, I think you have to try to stop the run without bringing the safety up into the box because if you don't, then Stafford's going to get you deep. So I, I think for the defense this week, it, it's a real big challenge.
1: Yeah, and you know what the other challenge is is that the Giants had a little difficult last week uh, with Schultz, is that's the tight end. So yeah, and you know, Vincent, Tyler Higby's pretty good. Yeah, and you kind of throw that into and and I think that's just been uh, uh, forever the Giants' defense. No matter who's the defensive coordinator or who the players are, have always had problems with tight ends for some reason. But yeah, I mean Sean McVay, I feel like he um, like he went to a candy store and saw this big Hershey's chocolate bar sitting there that he knew he could never have and finally it was on, they got it. And that's and that's your quarterbacks. You know, so I, I think, think it's a little fancier than a Hershey's bar. I think it well, have to be I, like some yeah, kind of like fancy I,
3: limited edition Twix or something like
1: that, no? Might have been maybe like the golden ticket from <laughs> oh, Charlie's. Oh I like that. You know? Yeah, sure. That's it. Because he found his toy and he found his candy bar because Um, Matthew Stafford is by far a better quarterback than Jared Goff. And the the offense that they ran with Jared Goff had to be so perfect, I feel like. It's just something that, you know, there wasn't a lot of – here's the play – if you're gonna get into it or get out of it or a new play, you just gotta be this, this. I think that's that Matthew Stafford just brings so much more experience and confidence to that offense and being able to call plays and not have to worry about it. If it's not gonna work, he'll improvise and adjust to something that's going to. Yeah, He's Jeff, so I, I, I
3: I think you hit it perfectly where Goff, if if it gets schemed up and a guy's open, he'll make the play. But Stafford can turn nothing into something, which is something that Goff I think struggled it's, at.
1: It's his progressions, and I, I feel like those progressions are so good for him, and he can keep his eyes down the field without telegraphing where he wants to go by mentally going through those progressions. Where where Goff I feel like he just he's stuck on one wide receiver. If it wasn't there, and by the way, if you put pressure on Jared Goff, it's over. But you can put pressure on on Matt Stafford, and he'll burn you. Yeah, he he will absolutely torch you. So you gotta pick your poison there. Um, you know, I just wanna yeah, so offensively they're they're a juggernaut because a lot of they do a lot of the things like the Cowboys. If you're gonna if you're gonna try to stop them from running the football, which really is not I can't compare the two. Like Dallas is a much better running offense than yes. the Rams. Totally agree. But the fact is is that they still can run the football and they still do run that that zone run blocking scheme that will get you hurt if you don't know what you're doing. But they have such so many playmakers. I mean, Cooper, come on. You know, I went back. Did you? I went back and watched the game from last year. Now I know these are two different teams, but man, the Giants last year had a chance to win that game. Yeah, but Jeff, hold on, hold on a second. Did hold you on. did you ever really believe the Giants were going to score a touchdown in that game? <laughs> Not from. <listen. laughs> well, they had they, well the honest, fourth. Never they did. had a fourth down play that they couldn't. You know, Jones overthrow. I mean, they had some opportunities down there, um, and they and the defense stood. You know, they 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 stopped them and they got the ball back for the offense. But they just yeah, it's just I'm the red zone to me is the biggest square peg in a round hole I've ever seen. It, I just what is what is the problem? It's just like why can it be so? And then it was a little better versus Dallas.
3: Well, yeah, because
1: you know what? And I'm, I'm talking about like, no, I, I know. I know. I, you I know, know what I'm saying? I Collectively. It just it's, it's permanently in my brain until I see, you know, the Wildcat run last week, which I was like, whoa, look at this. This is exciting. And, and it, wow. Okay. Well, you know what? You got the athletes to do it. So that's that's the big thing. But where where is my six foot four, six foot five guys? Where is Galladay and where is Rudolph? Those are my guys that we talked about. We all talked about in the off how great the red zone offense is going to be now that we got height. And by the way, Colin Johnson is another six foot six guy. Yeah, Rudolph know?
3: hasn't even had any even opportunities really in the red zone. I don't think. Right. What is
1: your what, what I I don't I can't come away with why other than I the fact that maybe they're trying to get.
3: <sighs> I don't have a good answer for you either, Jeff. I don't.
1: Because, you know what, I, I don't want to say that they've been they've been going up to, against some very, very prolific pass-edge rushers that they've got to keep him in to help block. I mean, yeah, Cam Jordan might have been one, but they did do that. I will say this, too. I don't think Rudolph is
3: separating very well right now. I feel like, you yeah. know, coming back from yeah. that foot, I don't think he's moving at 100% of where Kyle Rudolph can move from a physical standpoint, so maybe that's part of it. Sure.
1: There's a lot that goes into it that you and I don't know about. Yeah. So we we'll just move on.
3: And then briefly on the Rams' defense, Jeff, not yeah. as good as it was last year. They were the best defense in the league. Not <clears throat> They got not two the of the same. best
1: players at two of the positions. Correct. The
3: so that's the thing. And, you know, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, very quickly. Ramsey, he's playing more inside this year than he has in years past. And, you know, his numbers aren't quite as strong, but he's still a playmaker. He, he will tackle. He'll attack the football, get interceptions. you got to be careful when you put the ball out there. And then Aaron Donald's just a one-man wrecking crew, literally. Mm-hmm. There's no other way for me to describe him. He can wreck a game for you. The Rams are lining him up literally left end, right end, left <laughs> tackle, right tackle. He's actually been lining up more at end this year than he has at tackle. So they will try to find the matchup and exploit it. So I would expect to see him over the Giants' left guard, whomever that ends up being this week. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think they'll if, if Nate Solder is one of the starters, they'll probably hunt him, given that he played poorly against Randy Gregory last week. If Matt Parrott's in the game, They'll probably try to go after him because he's very inexperienced. So they will try to get Aaron Donald in a matchup that they like, and the Giants are just going to have to be aware of him at all times because that guy, run, pass, you name it, he can wreck it. And he is just as good of a pass rusher on the interior
1: that this league has frankly ever seen. Period. Stop. When you look at the Giants' offensive line compared to the Rams' offensive line, statistically, they're pretty similar. When I was looking at the numbers as far as the pressures and sacks and, and um, things like in hurries, all that stuff, they're, they're very similar, but they just don't seem like it. But here's the thing. If you're the offensive line for the Giants, they've done a nice job of communicating, even with the, the insertion of different guys in different positions and stuff like that. The last two weeks in a row, no sacks. No sacks, Jeff, but they, they had the fourth highest pressure rate in the league last week. That's where I was going. Yeah. <laughs> so they're getting close. Yeah. And what happens is if they're getting that close, and you have a dominant player like like you know who, uh, you have to pay attention to them. Sometimes that you give up a little bit somewhere else, which that's what scares me yeah. a little bit. So and they have but,
3: Leonard Floyd out there too; he can rush the passer. So
1: yeah, yeah, very athletic, fast. Um, you got to know where he is at too. So listen, I, I think that you know that nobody's given the Giants a chance to win this game. Um, I wish the giants had a better way of winning at home i don't know what the stigma is there um but maybe this weekend it'll change but this is a formidable opponent they 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 really do things well and even in the kicking game the kicking game is is, out, is outstanding also so not a lot of weaknesses in this in this rams team and by the way i think they're probably one of the favorites to you know be in the nfc championship or super bowl for the for the nfc
3: no question about it all right jeff let's do phone calls here 1 i I'm with you. I think the Rams are top three NFC team. Sure, And I think the Giants played another one of those top three or four NFC teams last week too. In which Dallas. by the
1: way, John, real quickly, before we get to the calls, one of my favorite guys to watch Punt is coming into town, and that is Johnny Hecker. Um, he is a stud. This guy is big, strong. He can do anything with the football. He can throw it, he can run, he can kick it. He's like the can do it all at that position. Number six for the other team. Look out.
3: <laughs> the Delta variant is spreading quickly in all areas of New York State. People who are not fully vaccinated are at greater risk from COVID-19. Protect yourself and get vaccinated. Visit ny.gov slash get vaccinated or talk to your health care provider. All right, let's go to Stoss in Washington. And Stoss, I'm not going to relitigate your last call, but I did no idea that was your background. And it's awesome. Thank you for that. And now I'm sure you want to talk some Giants football. Go ahead, pal.
4: Yes, thanks, thanks, John. um So, hey, Jeff. First of all, I'm with you, man. Like, I, I literally took my garbage out a day early this week. Like, I've been ahead a day this whole week.
1: <laughs> you know why? <laughs> like, Here's the other I, reason too. Because Monday was a holiday. See, so that like screws up the whole week. It did something because my wife was making fun
4: of me because I've been ahead on everything. But um couple of things. Um, Charlie's elevator does not stop on every floor. That's it. That's only where I can determine that guy's <laughs> erraticness. His elevator is, is, is not going on every floor that it should. Um, as far as this game goes, you know, Jeff, you said Johnny Heckler is your guy. I hope we get to see him punt all day. <laughs> but I doubt it. I
1: know.
4: Okay? This, I think that the Giants need – in order to make this a game, in order to make this a game, the Giants have to contain Aaron Donald. I rather try to create a miss. You got to make the they're going to have to make the defense declare early. So maybe some up tempo. And hey, man, they use QB spies. Maybe we need an Aaron Donald spy. If we see him on the left, throw a tight end. If he goes to the right, throw the tight end that way. Like just follow the guy because he's an absolute beast. The guy's a, a he, he, like you said earlier, he's a game record, and if and if we can't contain him, because he's going to get his sacks, he's going to get his hurries, he's going to get his pressures. But if we can't contain him, it's going to be a long day. Yep. And and I will try my best if I was the offense. You can't say much negative about Jalen, Jalen Ramsey's game, right? It, but if he does have a problem, it's with the smaller, twitchy, faster type receivers. And agree. If I was sure. Giants, I I would try to put Kadarius Tony in motion and, and create that mismatch and make him force Jalen Ramsey on Tony. And even if it's just to clear him away from our other receivers and our other weapons, because I don't see any other way. It's gonna be a long day, but you know, I will be tomorrow morning I'll get up and I'll be cheering my team on with all the hope in the world, but it, it's just it's just gonna be a long day. And I'm, I'm glad Daniel Jones is feeling better. And a quick question. I'll take your answer off the air. Last I heard was Nick Gates was on to a sixth surgery. That sounds crazy. Um, do you guys have any updates on him and any updates on his possible you know, continuation of his career?
3: No, honestly, I had not even do read that he was on to a seventh surgery. Where would you read that, Stas? I wouldn't mind checking that out. It looks like we lost Stas there. Um but uh, no, I had not heard that, Jeff. To be honest with you, I'm not sure if you've kept track of, <laughs> no, any of I have that. No, I have not. But yeah. look, if he's onto his seventh surgery, that tells me it probably was some type of compound fracture, right? Sure. Because that's usually when you have to have that many, which is terrible. And I, I think we all thought that was possible, but we didn't know. Um, but well, yeah, he broke, I mean, he
1: broke two of his bones. Like I mean, two two bones in his leg, like the fibia and the tibia, and there was like this. It was really and and and, and part of it, John, as you know that. You know, we're we're just not around folks we're, we're just not around things you know normally we when we're in the building and we're kind of you know having lunch and we're hearing things and this and that it's unfortunate because we don't get a lot of the information and, and obviously they don't put a lot of information out there anyways because they're just not, not manager sure. at least right exactly and and I don't know if he's um if he's back home I hope he is but um you know that was that was a, almost a month ago so you would hope that he's that he's back home and, and healing up
3: Two oh one nine three nine four five one three. Two oh one nine three nine four five one three. Let's go back to the phones and say what's up to Doug in Rochester. What's, what's going up, on, Doug? Doug?
5: Hey, what's up, fellas? I'm in Cincinnati right now. What's okay. Yeah, from my dad's funeral. Um, I'm sorry, sorry, no, sorry Doug um, i do not John, I think it was you and Paul when I talked about the safety position. Um uh, he safety had to be um, like the second smartest on the field behind the quarterback and what happened was, that that was the Dallas game first of all cause Williams is a rookie on Amari Cooper touchdown he out there no, no man's land one on one with Amari Cooper you see, that shouldn't have been set up like that you don't put Williams on uh, Amari Cooper one on one way out way out there on the sideline He got burnt. Okay, another play was when Bradbury got psyched on C D Lamb. Okay, Julian Love was playing safety. Okay, if Julian Love see William out there on Mari Cooper, the safety, you what I'm talking about safety, you got to be smart. You have to go to that side where they're going deep. Doug, 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 Ryan Doug. Doug, Doug he has, Julian, no, no, what?
3: you listen. Julian Love has more responsibilities than just one side of the field. He's a single high safety. James Bradbury is playing inside technique which means even if Julian Love comes over to help, do you know who's in between Julian Love and the football? James Bradbury. Okay, John. Even Troy and
5: Joe Buck even said he's got to get over there, especially when both of those plays. He comes over all late when the ball is caught. That's what the free safety does. If you're going deep, you have to look over the field. If you see uh, Williams, Amari uh, Cooper, of course you're going to go over there. He's going deep. Of course you got to be there. That's what I'm talking about.
3: That was CeeDee Lamb, not Amari Cooper. So which guy should he help out on, Lamb or Cooper? Because no, both guys I'm, are pretty good. I'm
5: talking about, listen, listen. When Williams is uh, Amari Cooper, Amari Cooper went down the sideline and scored a touchdown. I'm not, that was yeah, Williams, the I'm, rookie on him. Well,
3: no, no that, that that's fine, and, and, and that was closer to the middle of the field. I understand your argument on that. My point is on the CD Lamb play is that if you're playing a single high safety and that pass is thrown like two yards from the sideline, that's a really, really big ask and a tough play for a single high safety in the middle of the field to get all the way to the sideline to make a play on that ball. Carl Banks said the same thing in the game. That's a really, really tough play. And how about this? He's your number one cornerback. Cover the guy. How about that? Yeah, well, okay.
5: Well, the quarterbacks, I'm not saying they're doing a good job. But I mean still the free safety, it, it has to make decisions. And like I'm saying, like that one that one down the sideline with Amari Cooper and Williams. First of all, Williams, what, what is he doing on Amari Cooper one on one? First of all, he's that's a, not
3: even set up right. He's a what do you mean it's not set up right? They have a bunch of good wide <laughs> receivers. He's on the field. So then you can't play him. If you say you can't guard yeah. a wide receiver, then you should not be on the field.
1: Plus they might have okay, motioned well, him well, over there to get a matchup. That's, I mean, it, it happens.
3: Yeah, that's, the, that, that's how the NFL works, man. If you're playing a defense, you, you don't just travel one player with one player over the course of an entire game. That's not how the NFL works.
1: Plus, you don't have enough well, cor- good cornerbacks to ca- cover all their receivers.
5: Sometimes the receiver, the fouls are, uh, uh, a cornerback follows a receiver. No matter what side of the field you go, you follows on. Some teams some do that. Okay, no, sometimes,
3: but not on every play.
5: Excuse me, but not on every play. Well, I mean, I mean, but you got to protect that. I mean, mean, somehow you cannot have a a Williams Alamari Cooper going deep. It's one of the best right runners, but not the best right runner in the NFL on a rookie. I mean, you you made him look like it was a piece of cake out there. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm just, you're acting
3: like it's a piece of cake that you can just dictate every matchup across the field on every play. You know the other team has a choice in this. It's not like you're just acting in a vacuum, and the other team can't scheme to try to develop matchups of their own against your personnel. That's mean, okay, the whole well, point. John, you know,
5: another thing I told you about um, the tight end. And you see how much he was catching. he was like, he was fifth on your, on your list. Um, the tight end. He was fifth. For the last time I talked to you the week before, you said he was fifth on your list. And you showed the balls about caught going down the middle. That's another thing I was telling you about. And, and, I mean, the linebacker coverage, you can see how bad the linebackers was in the game. Um, you could just It just
3: stood out. All right. So I want to get this straight. So Julian Love has to help on Cooper and Lamb. Rodarius Williams can't be on Cooper. Linebackers can't be on Dalton Schultz. So you want two players or three players to cover around six different Dallas Cowboys. Is that pretty much how I've no, figured it out?
5: No, no, I'm saying the linebackers, totally I'm not talking about cover. They was, they were sometimes the responsibility to cover the title. But I'm talking about the Kate Tate and Waggler. I mean, it was the it was they. So they're supposed to fill the holes they want't doing that and that Duke did and Pollard just, just run straight through the line and they're not there to make the tackles that, that's all I'm talking about Carl banksy is so to
3: thanks doug we lost you there
1: I can't <laughs> You lost I can't no I didn't lose him he, <laughs> he dropped off on his own Okay. just just go on it's 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 <clears throat> we don't have enough time to discuss how
3: I mean, you act like you can just dictate <clears> who guards who on every single play. I mean, that's not how the NFL works.
1: Listen, those those two plays that he's pointing out. Okay, Rodarius Williams, by the way, was was covering. He was on Amari Cooper. Yeah, he he used to make a play a, on the ball. He was
3: within a few inches of getting his hand the on the ball. The ball went right
1: through his hands. Yeah, I don't think it was as
3: close as, as it was made out to be. But, but it yes.
1: went through. But anyway, my point is that – and Julian Love – on both those plays was a little they were he was late getting to both of those okay but i mean listen but dude, the one it's, to Rodarius the one to Cooper was a little bit more in the middle of the field uh, and that's the, fine if you want to complain about that play i totally get it fine but the other one the ball is thrown to the outside shoulder of the receiver and your and you all pro cornerback is on him you know yeah you want to get some coverage on the over the top from the safety but i mean you basically, if you're a single high safety, your responsibility is that you gotta you gotta be careful what you commit to because the quarterback is watching you, okay? And so you gonna you're gonna break late all the time because if you don't, then the court, if you break early, the quarterback's gonna know where you're going and he's not gonna throw it there and he's gonna there's gonna be another guy open. That's and again, the,
3: Bradbury's playing inside technique,
1: Jeff. Exactly.
3: It's not like he's playing on the outside shoulder of the wide receiver trying to force the ball inside to safety help.
1: That's not what the that's not what the design of the play was. Exactly, it was an outside throw, and he was playing inside, and it's, it's hard for him to get. How are you going to have him go from the middle of the field to the sideline?
3: Look, it's possible, and that's why the the best single high safeties of that type of
1: range get paid all the money they
3: are, and they're so good. And
1: by the way, but most of ask. them cheat. They cheat to get there, and if they get. If they get caught, that's what happens when you say, where's the, where's the safety? Well, you know what? The, the quarterback's eyes took them away from the play. That's what happens. You know, that's, that's, the, that's the risk you take with that one safety out there. So, I don't And by the way, most linebackers, okay, they're in the National Football League because they can cover. They have to. In today's game, you've got to be able to cover. So you're gonna get matched up on sometimes your best tight end. I mean,
3: what do you what are you do you Everyone's trying to blame the scheme and the coaches here, man. You know, and, and Patrick Graham said this today. And he was more referencing the Rams, but I'm gonna
1: turn it back around on I him. know what he was talking about. He yeah, said Yeah, I read it. Yep. Your best players have to play well if you're gonna win in this league. And what have we been saying the whole time? It's not uh, coaches coach and players play. Okay? Yeah, sometimes um and by the way. I can promise you that the coaches watch twice as much film as the players do, and because they have to develop plan, you know, game plans. And so, yes, will sometimes the, the the call be wrong? Of course, that's just the way it is. But the fact of the matter is, is that when the coach puts you in a position to call a play and you don't execute it, that's on the co- that's on the player. And we've seen a lot more of that than we should. And that's that's what he's saying. Those guys got to play better. They got to play better. Who are the I Giants' mean, best players on defense, Jeff, in your well, opinion? I'm going to make this very simple. Okay, on defense? Yeah. All right, well, you get James Bradbury is one of your best players on defense. Um, uh, Martinez was, was one of your best players on defense. And Leonard yep. Williams, those are your guys. Well, and I, I think both of us probably thought that the safety position
3: was one of the team's deepest and best positions heading into the season, right? And they spent a lot of money on Dory Jackson in the offseason, right? I'm sorry, did you say positions or players? I thought, well, what are their deepest positions? Because of the okay. good players at the position. Yeah. You tell me, out of all those things that we just defined as strengths, name me two or three game changing plays those players have made over the course of the first
1: five games of the season. There has not been one defining moment where I think that their guys gone up and made a heck of a, a play for an interception or no. And they've no. had
3: opportunities for him too.
1: James Bradbury's had an interception against Washington. That was probably the biggest play. I, I think that I that the defense is you know in my off the top of my head, you know, and memory's not my best suit. But I, I think that you know going back, I there hasn't been. I have not seen that that huge play in a crucial moment to turn around a game when it's a strip sack, fumble recovery thing, you know, or, a, you know, I think the one for Bradbury was the biggest thing. They got the ball back for the defense and they went down and missed and were are off sides. <laughs> oh, and by the way,
3: I'm going back. This is for you, Doug. Hope you're still listening. I'm looking at the C.D. Lamb deep play right now. All right, here's what happens. They line up in a two safety shell and they, they basically fake that and they go into a cover one. So Julian Love is backpedaling away from that side of the field where Lamb catches it to the middle of the field. Why? Because there are three wide receivers lined up to the left of the formation, and that's where Prescott's eyes go immediately following the snap. All right? Two seconds into the play, because the Giants blitz and they're a man-to-man, Prescott shifts his shoulders from left to right and throws deep to Lamb. So he would literally had three receivers on the left side, two of which were, actually all three, of which are running routes towards the middle of the field where Julian Love is standing. That's where Prescott is looking. So that's where Love's eyes are. And then he just snaps his shoulders and throws it deep to Lamb on the outside shoulder. There is nothing Julian Love can do on that play. Because if he plays to the right side of the field and is just playing that deep route, there is a deep cross, two deep crosses in the middle of the field that can go for about... 30 or 40 yards. So, look, it was a good throw. Bradbury said post game He thought since it was a third down play, the receiver would run the route to the sticks to try to get the first down. That's what he was playing. And Lamb instead ended up running a deep route, and he beat him deep. It happens. It happens. Every week. That's Every not on Julian Love, in my opinion. In my opinion, that's not on Julian Love. But Yeah, that's your opinion. Yeah, but you're entitled to your opinion. 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513. Mike in Brooklyn's up next. Hey, Mike.
2: Hey, guys. How
3: are you? What's Good, going on, Mike.
2: pal? Oh uh, not much. I just called to uh, complain a little bit hey, about Yep. Yeah. Take prod down for
3: rookies. me. Pearson, Second. prod down. Thank you. Sorry.
2: <laughs> Stand down, Pearson. Stand down. <laughs> that was interesting. No, my bad, Mike. Um, that that, that yeah, was actually... what you were just talking about. Yes. Yeah, He. he uh, Prescott brought the, uh, uh, brought the safety over looking right, and then once he saw... He threw left, and, and that was it. He had, no, he had no play on it, you know.
3: Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm with you.
2: Yeah, um, you know, the, today's NFL, the, off- the defense is behind the eight ball before they even step on the field. You know, just before all these rule changes that made it easier for the offense and the receivers to get open, I mean, the receiver knows where his route is taking him the cornerback or the safety or whatever has to figure that out so there's an advantage there but you know you can't put your hands on the guy after five yards after every incompletion the receiver and the quarterback are looking for a a pi call you know it drives me crazy Um, no matter what happens they're always looking for a pi call and they're always you know uh going after the ref trying to make their case for it that that is driving me well it has been driving me insane mike i'm years, with but. you
3: it doesn't do any good complaining about the officials it's completely out of your control and That's you right. have to and if they if bad calls happen you have to make up for it isn't it fortunate can you be mad about it yes but i don't want to hear about it on a tuesday because jeff and i can't sit here and say well here's the strategy to have the officials make calls in your favor next week i mean they, they, there's literally nothing we can say about it you know what i'm saying
2: I'm with you, and you know, the, the, I, I I love hearing the conspiracy theories. Now that we're, the NFL is allowing bets to be taken, that the that the refs are in the pockets of, of people and they're calling plays.
1: Please, so the point, yeah, yeah, it's insanity. It's a joke. It's I really? mean, there's, there's, yeah. there's prop bets for refereeing now? Oh God, it's insane. <laughs> um... Wow. You know,
2: uh, the thing I was, you know, that uh, I was thinking that the biggest problem in the last couple of games has been has been, you know, I, the top of my list is the the tackling or the lack of. Sure. Um, you know, I feel like he ha- Blake Martinez's absence has, has a lot to do with that. If he's the on-field quarterback, defensive quarterback, I think he would be giving an earful to to his team, to his linebacker, to his to his defense. You know, come on, guys, wrap up. What are, you, what are you doing? Because it didn't really happen. I don't remember it happening a lot last year, and I didn't remember it happening a lot at the beginning of this year. It's just been the last couple of games. Am I right?
3: What yeah. is that? Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, Mike, say that again. What were you uh, referencing? About the tackling. Oh, no, the tackling. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, about the you know, missed tackling. It didn't happen a lot last year. Blake was on the field the whole year. Um, the first couple of games, I didn't notice a lot of missed tackling. Since he's been gone, Missed tackling in the Saints game, the Cowboys game. You know,
1: it's been a problem. I think and, we saw
3: uh, maybe a couple times in the first three games, but it's certainly been a, a much bigger issue against the Saints yeah. and Cowboys, no question.
1: And I my, my take on the tackling, I've tried to I've tried to figure this out because I, I don't want to keep using the excuse that Blake uh, Martinez is not in there because you can't. Okay, this is a professional football team, it's a defense that was a top ten last year tackling is 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 part of your bread and butter if you're a, de- a defensive player right one thing that i have noticed and i don't know maybe you guys will or, or agree with me or not but the thing with blake martinez being in there is that yeah he makes a lot of plays right and he's always around the football but when he's around the football he's at least stopping the runner to a point where other guys can catch up and, and then help make tackles that that's not happening Guys, like there is no Blake Martinez to get in front of these guys right away who's a a sure tackler that holds up these guys and slows up the other ones and they come in and make the tackle. These guys, everybody's getting juked out. Yeah, there are way too many plays where running backs are untouched to the second level. Untouched and arm tackles. Listen, you can't even make arm tackles in junior football, let alone the pros. It just doesn't work. You can't do it. The defensive backs are, they're pros at making tackles without their hands. And because they, they use their head and their shoulders, right? That's how they make their, a lot of their tackles on those receivers that are running down. They just hit them low, and then they go out, and they go down to the ground. But if you're a, if you're a linebacker, a defensive lineman, or even a safety coming up and playing the box, you have got to be able to wrap up and tackle. It's just the, the guys are too strong today, John. These guys that come through there, and you have a little bit of space on them, and you, if you're going to try to arm tackle them, they're going to run right through you. It's just not going to happen. And, that's, and that is fundamentals and techniques. And where are we supposed to be seeing this? This is a team that's supposed to be fundamentally and technically sound, but it's not carrying over into Sundays or Mondays or Thursdays. <laughs> All
3: right, Mike, appreciate
1: the call, man. 201-939-4513. You,
3: 201-939-4513. Jeff in Maine is up next. Jeff, what's going on?
6: Hi, Jeff. Oh, hey, guys. Hey, uh, first a quick thing about Daniel Jones. Um, I've noticed the last couple games he seems to be moving around in the pocket a lot better. And I think maybe that helps cut down on sex. I think that was the one missing thing from his game, and he seems to have gotten
3: it. No, nah, Jeff, I think um, that's a good point. I do think Jones has been better. And this is something that I know we, we talked to his trainer in the offseason. It was something that he was working on this off offseason. Mm-hmm. And, and I agree. I think he has done a better job of sensing that pressure and evading it in the pocket. We especially saw it last week. Because, look, I went back and, and rewatched it. That first half against Dallas, every time he dropped back to pass, there was somebody chasing him down, and he was under duress. And I thought he did a really good job of getting out of the pocket, evading it, and either completing a pass or throwing it away. So, yes, Jeff, great point. I agree.
6: Well, thank you. Yeah, because if this was last year, he probably would have gotten hit or sacked or something, perhaps. Or run. Um,
3: (laughs) But anyway, I have some
6: uh, special teams questions, actually. Uh, Go ahead, Jeff. Um, All you. Okay. Okay. Uh, The punter um it seems like every time we're punting from our own 25 and he needs a long blooming kick instead he gets like a little piddly 38 or 40 yarder that gets returned like 15 yards i'm just wondering does he does he not have much of a leg anymore oh no or? he has a
1: leg he has a leg okay I, I and i think that you know riley he tries to do too much sometimes you know you, you really there's three characteristics of a punt jeff you got hang time distance and accuracy you know, and, and it's but, almost like if you it's almost like offense, defense, special teams, if you win two of the three components, you usually win the game where well, you want to do you want to win two of those three. You want to either get great hang time and good location or good location and, you know, good or um, accuracy outside the numbers. This and that. So trying to put all this together sometimes, you know, he just doesn't do it. And then on the inside the 10 kicks or inside the 20 kicks, you know, he's got that Aussie kick and sometimes he's very dependent on those gunners getting down there and making plays for him. So um, it's designed by the way he kicks the ball for that thing to land on the 10-yard line going in. And if your gunners are not down there, then the ball's going to go in the end zone. So that's that's my answer Okay. To
6: that. Yeah, I just don't know if he had a few bad kicks or whatnot, but –
1: no, you're going to get the um, okay. bad kicks. Trust me. At a you know average 75 punts a, 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 a year, you're going to get a few bad ones, but you just don't want them to pile on each other, right? Every game have one here, or over there, but you know once in a while you have a few. Okay, well, sure. Um, now, Kadarius Tony, his his
6: the way he runs around with the ball seems tailor-made to being a great punt returner. And I'm just wondering, like, what is it they're worried about, about putting him back there that will score too many points and then the games won't be fair or something?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's it.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, for one, I actually think C.J. Board's done a pretty good job as yeah. punt returner, for yeah. one. And I think there was a chance we could have seen Tony back there last yeah. week.
1: Yeah. Here's Same the problem.
3: Time. Cowboys punted once?
1: <laughs> yeah. no, not, no, what do we call that? At-bats, right? There wasn't enough at-bats. Yeah, they just weren't. I mean, I think they
3: punted once, right? I just don't think there were enough. I, I don't even remember yeah. punting at all. Yeah, they punted it's once. Like... They one return for seven yards in that game. So, um, yeah, I just think that was that's what the situation was for that.
1: Um, Jeff, I do believe that it, time will tell, but um, I, I think you'll see a little bit of like, remember when Odell Beckham used to return punts? When, and you kind yeah. of needed a big play here and there, maybe that's the time right. you put him in. But I think that Coach Judge really likes uh, C.J. Board in his ball security because the last thing you want to do on any type of return situations, whether it's a punt return or a kickoff return, is give the ball to the other team. And I feel like him being a rookie and just not really that specialized in it yet, over time he'll get there. But I think C.J. Board is your more consistent, give the ball back to the offense guy.
6: Well, I agree with you with about C.J. Board. I think he's great on kickoffs and dependable, but I guess just having someone do kickoffs and punts, uh, I mean, I guess he's okay, but, but who's the backup to him, though, like on punts, you know? But, uh, you know, I don't know. That's, that's, that, that's fine, I guess. Um, I do have one last thing. I've been thinking about this for years, and I, I think I know a way to score like 10 or 15 more points during the year. It has to do with two-point conversions. And it seems like the criteria for deciding whether to go for a two-point conversion seems to be point differential. But I would submit that a better criteria would be how tired the opposing defense is. Because if you've just gone on a 15-play drive and it's the end of the game and you can see that the opposing defense is visibly tired, I think you're going to have a higher chance of uh, making the uh, two-point conversion. Therefore, mathematically and statistically, it's in your interest to go for the two-point conversion which, by the way, is also more entertaining, and yeah. it is, of course, the entertainment business. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. And by the way, thanks for the, call, the, the By the way, the other team might seem seem to think the same about you. <laughs> you know, they not just you know the Giants saying, "Oh, well, I'll, I'll give you an example of that." It didn't happen to be a two point conversion, but I feel this is just my opinion. I think that the Giants did such a great job with their conditioning at that at that Saints game when they went over t- in the overtime. They ran, I think they just. I think they just beat down that Saints defense on that final drive of the of the overtime, or the first drive of the overtime to win the game. Yeah, because they, they had
3: did I think three consecutive drives on them in that situation, right?
1: Mm-hmm, yeah, and so that I think you can make a good point, Jeff, and that that's probably you know, a job for somebody to be upstairs going, hey, I think the other guy's tired now. Let's go for oh, two points here. <laughs> you know, I don't know how, how you kind of identify that. but Jeff, take, I'll take a guess here.
3: How many punts have Giant opponents had this year? I'm just I was looking All up. Alright, so stats. we got five
1: games, right? Yeah. Five games. Take I'm gonna guess. go on average. There's probably four games, so that's twenty. Let's just put it at twenty five, maybe, okay? 20, 20 punts. In five games, no no Jeff. no. Okay. No, no. Hold on, hold on. I'm not done. I'm oh, just doing I'm, my averaging oh, here. So just five okay, is twenty. I got you. I got you. I'm guessing that the opponents have had twelve. Thirteen. Ding ding ding. Twelve. Well done, Jeff honestly that was that was that was there nothing on the computer that was just yeah so. they've had seven
3: fair catches I'm sorry they've had five fair catches and seven returns and they're averaging actually 11.3 yards per punt return CJ was, board is two returns for 33 yards yeah here's the problem though if your defense is forcing only
1: 12 punts in five games it's a problem well just look at your third down conversion rate against you and fourth down conversion rate for that matter I mean we stopped the Giants did one stop fourth down (laughs) up until that point they were four for four of the opponents I think at one point in time yeah what is the Giants third down defensive uh, conversion rate for their opponent are we in are they in the 40s
3: I can check that I'll need one second to bring that up I don't have it handy Um, if you you know what I'll tell you what it is
1: no I don't have it either no. <laughs> I, just have, I, I just actually have the. Um, no, I got it here now.
3: Giants defense, third down conversions.
1: Yeah. Is what you're well, looking they're for. 29th in the NFL, so that's going to tell me that it's pretty darn high. Uh,
3: yeah, third down, it is 47.6%. Uh, that is
1: not good, Jeff. Are you on the page where it has 1 to 32? So who's the first, or do you have to oh, look I at I can tell you that. Um, last is the last three teams are Miami and
3: Washington. And they are above 50 or are they in 40? Uh, 57% and 56%. Believe it or Whoa. not, the team that's right below, yeah, it's really bad. Uh, the, <laughs> the the team that's actually one, well, it's actually funny, the two teams sandwiched around the Giants, the team ranked 29th, or the, the team ranked 30th, rather, are the Rams, and the team ranked 28th are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 48% and 46%. They're sandwiched right so around the I, Giants,
1: right off the top of my head, I'm trying to figure out why that would be when you have two pretty good offenses. That why their third down success rate is so bad. Is I it would say they're of the sack- defense that they played, or is it just is it more is it more them or is it more the defense that they played? You mean the offenses they played? I'm sorry, the offenses they played. Yeah, excuse me. I I mean
3: I think a couple things. One, I think their sacks per pass attempt being the fifth worst in the league. I okay. think third downs, you blitz, you play man, you try to get some sacks, right? I think that's part of it. Um, I would have to look at completion percentage allowed for the Giants. I don't know what that is, but I imagine that seems to be pretty high just based on kind of what we've seen this year, you know what I mean? So I think that would probably be part of it. Let me see if I can find that here. for. So the Rams pass, are
1: sandwiched. Are they above or below? They're above the Giants, right, you said, the Rams, or mm-hmm. was it Tampa?
3: They, uh, the Rams are one worse than them. The, the Bucks are one better than them
1: percentage-wise. Hmm. Well, that's, that's something that the Giants have to look at, you know?
3: Yeah, I don't um, have pass defense here for that. But, look, I think it's, it's pass rush pressure and then just the ability to, to frankly, force incomplete passes. I mean, the yeah. Giants, how many forced? I mean, I can look it up right now, but I just don't think the Giants, you know, have many forced incompletions this year, Jeff. I mean, to me, they just don't. You know, In terms of passes, pass breakups, they have 20 this year through five games. That's only four per game. It's not a lot. Not a
1: lot in a league that throws a lot. Yeah,
3: right. Right. Yeah. And so on top of that, you can't stop the run. So then you're in third and reasonable all the time. So well, then, it makes it harder one, to, to, to
1: knock away those shorter passes. So, I mean, it, it all adds up. So then if you're not having to pass breakups, are you having success in completions? Are you giving up? You know what? What percentage are you giving up to your opponents in completion percentage? Tells me that's probably going to be pretty high.
3: Oh, I can actually check that. Hold on, I did find where I'm going to
1: guess. I'm going <gasps> to guess it's in the seventy-five percent. Oh my gosh! See how we work through these folks. Seventy-four <laughs> percent. I. There you, you go. It you tells us. It, listen, it all tells a story. You heard right? me
3: gasp as soon as I saw the number. <laughs> Dude, seven they're allowing seventy four percent completion percentage. Well that's you why there isn't any year. pass to
1: Flint. Like, go on the other side and say who's the who's allowing the least completion percentage and look at their pass breakups.
3: And seven point nine yards per attempt, just three interceptions. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yep. Only eight sacks. Less than two per game. Remember and we were, do you remember early this year Paul was talking about trying to get to maybe fifty? Fifty sacks? Yeah. Right now, right now, they're barely on pace for 30. Yeah. Oh, boy. I'm, I'm, I'm just depressing people at this point. Yeah, 201-939-4513. <laughs> this is your fault, Jeff. You opened up the Pandora's box. You had me <laughs> starting checking numbers.
1: I, I just like I just, all your but, fault. But it's a, it's a great exercise for people that don't have to, you know, you and I don't have to do this. But if you want to do it at home, do it at home. It's it just basically there's a tail to the tape, as they say in boxing, right? This is what it is. You go and look at, at statistics. Now, sometimes statistics don't make sense, but sometimes they tell a story why they make sense or why they don't make sense. And, and, and all those
3: kind of lined up for us, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: <sighs> yep.
3: Charlie in Portland, Maine, he should cheer us up. Right, Charlie? Charlie, are you,
1: are you on an elevator? There was a reference to you about not really hey. there.
0: Yeah. Jeff, I don't have an elevator. I have an escalator that goes right to the top. You have an escalator.
1: Great. <laughs> hmm.
3: Just
0: watch <laughs> your you fingers love...
1: in that escalator. <laughs> <laughs> Did you love escalators when you were a kid? I loved them. Oh, <laughs> who my... didn't like guess? My
3: daughter loves escalators. And by the way, yeah, does she? Yeah. Uh, she loves escalators. Yeah. And
1: and by the way, you know, years and years ago when they had the the escalators were great because they weren't smart enough to put the stoppers down the middle of them. So remember when you used to be able to slide, oh, slide. all <laughs> the way down them? Yeah. Now they put yeah, those little. <laughs> I, I, I had a friend that used to do that. You know that
3: really long escalator at 34th Street and 42nd Street on the subway in Manhattan? He used to slide down the middle of that thing all the time, late night. <laughs> when, he, when he had a couple too many, he loved doing that.
1: Yeah, and somebody got smart and put the little barricades there.
3: Yes, yeah. and then he still tried to yeah. do it. And, 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 and raunched himself,
1: yeah. And regretted
3: it later. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Charlie, what else do you
0: got? Hey, look, I don't need any statistics to see how the Giants defense is playing, I'll tell you that. But uh hey, look, I hope my son, Sam Beal, gets a chance to play this week. Uh give him a shot.
3: He's
1: your son and now? <laughs> Good lord. He yeah, just... he's my son. Where were the where, <laughs> send us the him. adoption papers when you get a chance? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but I, I like him. They give him a shot. My God, you know he's a third-round pick. You know how does Will Beatty and Sam
1: Beal get along? Do they get along okay? Oh, I mean, they're both your definitely. sons. So, I, in I my don't...
0: house, they do. <laughs> in my house. So, so I, I
3: imagine you. I imagine your third son would have to be uh, Dablay, right? <laughs> Pepe Le <Pew? laughs> No,
0: actually, actually Herbert. Justin Herbert is. Oh my, sure. My oh, you can't have a
3: non-giant as one of your kids.
0: Yes. Oh, he should have been a giant. Stepson,
3: maybe not son. Stepson. Maybe.
0: <laughs> All right, stepson. <laughs> hey, uh, the, the other thing is, who's gonna who's gonna cover cup? Tell me who's gonna cover cup.
3: It's a, it's because a good question, I don't think Charlie. Got
0: anybody, I don't think we've got anybody who can cover him. They'll probably <laughs> put Jackson on him,
3: I'm guessing. It'll probably be a Dory know? Jackson. Julian Love's been in the slot a little bit. McKinney's oh, been in the slot God. a little bit. It's actually funny. We were, to, you know, If you watched the Joe Judge show this week, we were trying to figure out you know, what head-to-head O'Hara and I were going to do on that segment. And we thought about Cooper Cup, and my argument to Sean was that, look, Sean, I don't know what to do for head-to-head because I don't know who the Giants are going to use to cover him. And and that was my honest right. answer to him. So, I, Charlie, I don't know. Multiple
1: people.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's gonna. That's gonna. That's gonna be the toughest matchup that we're gonna no, have. I agree. That guy. Listen, it's you know, a, it's, it's gonna
3: be.
1: <laughs> it's tough. I mean, <laughs> listen. I, I just um. And if you just heard the, the reference to percentages of completions that the Giants are giving up, I mean, this is not a good matchup. Seventy <laughs> four percent,
0: seventy five. Oh, is gonna be like ninety five percent. And Jeff, you want to laugh?
1: Fact, I'm laughing now. Do you know what the Do you know what the best percentage allowed was? Which game it came in? Um, take a guess. Uh, well, somebody threw for five hundred yards. It was. Uh, was it the Washington game? Uh, no. It, it I the, have no it idea. It was the Dallas game. Oh, the Dallas. Okay. At 60, oh yeah, five hundred yards. Hello, duh.
3: At at, at sixty nine point seven percent. That was the oh, wow. that, that was the best mark. And obviously that had nothing to do with slowing down Dallas's offense. So yeah, not not what you're looking for. Anyway, hey, Charlie, hey, we, we can completely hijacked this call from you. Do you have anything else we that's gotta go? A, that's
0: all right. <laughs> yeah, I just got one other thing and that is Tony. You look board board is bored, you know. Tony can take it back anytime he touches the ball. This guy can take it oh, I, all I to the it. house. Look, uh, Charlie, it's, we have Charlie, it's
1: coming. You, and Charlie, Je- coming. Jeff and I, have
0: they,
3: we, we'd be more than happy to see Tony back there. I totally it, get where it, you're it's coming yeah, and from. The, it's and coming. the thing is, he doesn't drop passes. He's got good hands. Oh, have not seen him drop a pass yet? Yeah, last week against Dallas when Daniel Jones rolled right, threw it to him, he slid, the ball hit him in the chest, and it hit the ground in the first quarter. I didn't
0: see that one.
3: That was the only
0: one, though, right? Yes, that was the only one I've seen him drop, yet. All right. He's, all I'm trying to say, the guy's got good hands. No, he does And they should put him back there. Board is not going to take it to the house. He's never going to do that, but Tony could do that. And that's why they should use him as a punt returner.
1: That's all. Thanks, guys. Thank you, are welcome.
3: Hey, look, Jeff and I would have – we were talking about no. Tony being a punt returner all summer, so we obviously have no problem yeah, with it's
1: it. It's just – listen, it's baby steps again. I, I feel like you've seen the how, how the progression – You know, we talked about how Saquon came back from injuries and the percentage of plays he was playing. Well, this is the same thing with Kaderes. He's basically coming back. He had COVID. He wasn't in camp. He's got to learn the offense a little bit more. Now I think the next step is there are going to be some special teams. I don't think he's going to be your primary, but I think you're going to see him sooner than later. And, and then we'll play. see when
3: Peppers gets back too. How him and Pep are going to split more. Pep's a really good punt returner too, to be
1: quite. He almost broke two last year, or two or three. The, what I like about Pep and what I like about CJ Board is their north-south returners. They don't dance around. They're going. And, and by the way, you know, there's hidden yardage. If you just get me six yards, that's good. Okay, I'll take it. Because if you have four returns for six yards apiece, you know, we're talking about two, two and a half first downs. So that's kind of where it kind of adds up in special teams. You're not always going to make the big plays. There, there isn't, there isn't fifteen to twenty punt returns for. Tough. Touchdowns every year. There's not. It's just. It's a very difficult play to do it, and most of the play comes with good blocking, but more importantly, athleticism. And that's where you're going to see Kadarius Tony shine one day. I'm, he's it's coming. It's coming. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three. Scott
3: of New Mexico, will wrap us up. Scott, we're kind of late here, so you can make this quick for me. I'd appreciate it, bro.
7: Okay, I'll try to do my best. Uh, first of all, would it surprise you to learn that the Ram um, team has given up more passing yards than the Giants?
1: Well, considering that their third downs are bad, um, yeah. yeah, just just a. Uh,
7: 1355 yards have been given up by the Rams, 1351 passing yards have been given up by the Giants. Now, part of that
3: Scott, I'd have to look back at the scores of their games and oh, I can see like that say, right yeah. now how much of that is coming in garbage time, right? When the Rams are all oh, big and the other yeah. teams, well, you know, throwing Well, the, the ball Rams
7: off. overall defensively ranked 23rd. No, I don't. Oh, I said that 29th. I said that
3: earlier in the show that the Rams are not right. nearly the defensive team they were last year. Yeah, They've been
7: up 388 right. yards per game. So this game is winnable. Now, keep yeah, in mind, I'm going to throw this out there too.
3: They've also the Rams have also faced Tom Brady, Kyler Murray, and Russell Wilson.
7: Sure. No, I'm not. I'm, not, I'm just I'm making an overture that uh, this fair. is where they are.
3: And that's fair. Absolutely. I got you.
7: Okay. Um, since you're short on time, I want to make my main point. Everyone yes. is complaining about one player or another. But when you actually play football, you know, uh, Jeff especially, it's 11 guys against 11 guys. If one guy breaks down, no matter where it is, the whole play is destroyed, whether it be offensively or defensively. And what I've noticed about the Giants is the breakdowns are coming from two or three or four players as opposed to one. Good
1: point, But in order,
7: to, in order to win football games – 11 guys have to make the play. In other words, it has to be a unit type of thing where nobody makes a mistake, and that's why a play works or doesn't work. And I I wish people would stop blaming individual players and start thinking in terms of 11 players and units as opposed to one guy making a mistake. And that's really the point I wanted to
1: make. So i wish you you guys
7: go. You're
1: welcome. And And the thing about it is that we talk about this all the time, you know, guys making plays above the X's and O's, that cliche. Well, that's kind of a lot of times what happens, you know, when there's breakdowns and you got to depend on one of your star players, and even maybe not your star player, but just someone that's just gonna go make a play, make a play that's just you got it that's gonna win the game for you, or something, or you know that's gonna stop a third down or a fourth down play that when you look back at those five or six plays every game, and you go back and you say that's one of the plays that guy went above the X's and O's and stopped them on a fourth down play, or they got the ball back, they went down, scored a touchdown to win the game. Those are the kinds of things you need. You need more of those.
3: Jeff. I just haven't seen him. Good stuff, my friend.
1: Thank you, John. Thank we'll, you, everybody.
3: Have we'll be a good back day. For one more Big Blue Kickoff Live this week. It's uh tomorrow from twelve thirty to one thirty. Me, Lance, and Paul will take you the rest of the way. For Jeff Figos, I'm John Schmelt. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you tomorrow for Big Blue Kickoff Live.